Hi everyone, this is Corina and Angel. Welcome to The Human Show, proudly presented and supported by worldpodcast.com. Here we explore the relationships between people, technology and business. Join us on this journey where we interview anthropologists, other researchers and industry people from all over the world, from India to Kenya, US, Europe, to right back here in New Zealand. Hi friends, today's episode is co-hosted by me, Corina, and one of my podcast colleagues and fellow anthropologist Maria Schiaulite. We talk to Indra and Ugne, co-founders of Anthropos, an organization of applied anthropology in Lithuania. We ask today's guests how do they experience anthropology in action, what skills does a graduate need to acquire in order to juggle with the many new aspects applied work entails, and how do they solve the complex dilemmas of positionality and ethics. Indra and Umne tell us more about their work and future aspirations they have for Anthropos and explain their individual motivations to continue using anthropology in their professional lives. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, we have a special episode today for you. Um, I have a co-host with me, um, uh, one of our lovely team members, Maria. Hello, everyone. And I will just let Maria introduce um, this episode and host it. And you'll, you'll hear me maybe popping up once in a while with a question. But um, yeah, I'm very excited uh, for this one. And um, let's go. So today in the episode, we have uh, Ugne and Indra. They are a part of a newly emerged Applied Anthropologist Association called Anthropos, uh, based in Lithuania. And today we would like to hear more about experiences, what encouraged them to start the project, what are their future aspirations and visions. And uh, yes, so hi Indra and Ugne. Uh, hi everyone. Hi. Hi. So I thought we could start with maybe introducing you two to the audience and telling us a bit more about how did you find Applied Anthropology and how did you end up working in this space? Yeah, well, me and Indra, we met, I think, uh, what was uh, two years ago, right? Or a little bit even more. So that's when we decided to start this uh, organization, Anthropos. So we had same course uh, in university. And uh, yeah, and that's how it started. Uh, the question is how we discovered applied anthropology, but uh, I think uh, it's still like a philosophical question for me because what is applied anthropology? And uh, I think so far I've discovered anthropology, uh, social anthropology, and I'm still discovering the applied <laughs> version of it. Uh, because, as Ugna said, we met um, at Vitotas Magnus University while studying social anthropology, and we met at a course which was uh, provided by Professor Hill about the contemporary human problems. As I'm coming from a bit different background, before anthropology I was actually uh, studying economics and, and working in uh, financial and IT sectors, and uh, I found that there's uh, more things you can do with anthropology, so we were discussing how to move on with the knowledge that we gained during the university's uh, studies, and, um, and that's how Anthropos evolved. So a bit more about Anthropos, maybe? How, uh, how big is the team? When did you start organizing the project? and? Uh what is it up to at the moment? So first it was uh, two of us that uh, had this 
idea that um, we should do something with this anthropological knowledge that we're gaining in university, and we would like to somehow uh, apply it. But uh, so then uh, we we were looking for other members um, to collaborate with, and I guess it was five of us um, from three different cities actually uh, that founded the organization. So now we are seven people. I was curious. Maybe you can you, you can tell us and our listeners a little bit more about anthropology um, in Lithuania. Like, how, what what's what's it like? Like, what's the what's the field there? What are the the topics of interest, and, and how how can that link maybe um, with with what you're trying to do with anthropos? Our plan was to become an organization that would finance ourselves from applied research with social activities as a main goal. I would admit that it is rather difficult to come into the arena with applied qualitative research approach, which is, as well as we all know, more expensive and often uh, takes time to make this research, while from purchaser's perspective, you have a tradition of quantitative one, which is more measurable, quantifiable, and even better presented. So. Our course of action is that we have to build upon the reputation of anthropology in Lithuania in applied research scene as well. For example, uh, if I look at, uh, if I follow the events, uh, and let's say, for example, the conference happened in March this year, which was called Artificial Intelligence and Future of Fit in Lithuania. On the closing panel, there were no, there was even a joke that unfortunately there were no representatives from humanities or social sciences. So so far, we do not have this tradition to make uh, connections between the different sciences. So, for example, even in this case, IT or business specialists could speak together with behavioral and social sciences even in the theme of artificial intelligence. Uh, so there are a lot of areas and opportunities that could use more insights from anthropology. It could add uh, value on top while doing statistical analysis or using statistical and sur- statistics or surveys. As an anthropologist uh, who, who are studying cultures, uh, right, it's uh, actually important for us to realize that we have to make a stand ourselves and to speak from our perspectives because if historically there were no tradition or tactics to make decisions based on mixed methods, uh, research, broader social perspectives with the uh, proper qualitative inputs and at least or at least we do not observe it today, then we'd have to build up on this approach to speak about why and to whom it might be important. So as anthropos, we are building on this reputation and speaking about the anthropology, what anthropology is today and why it might be important in order to make uh, various social, political decisions. Yes, uh, we might be looking at somebody else to do this work for us, the university or um, 
or some uh, influential uh, persons, etc. But uh, unfortunately, there isn't anybody. So we have to have to build this uh, our knowledge and reputation on our own theories and successes. I wouldn't say that there were many activities in that area uh, so far. You would see um, separate individuals working in uh, municipalities or research centers, but um, the, the applied anthropology is itself. I think it's just taking its initial steps and introducing itself to uh, different sectors. And talking about uh, different sectors, Anthropos is involved in public and uh, private sectors. What are most of your projects focused on at the moment? As we said, we are a very young organization, so it's more our aspiration to be more involved in public and private sectors. That's one of the main goals. But at the same time, we try to understand applied anthropology through uh, kind of this broad perspective, not only applied research, but also kind of social projects and science communication. So what we do now, uh, social projects, trying to apply for grants and all that, uh, as well as uh, little by little moving with introducing ourselves to uh, public and private sectors. Uh, but it's still more or less in the stage of popularizing the field. Uh, so we, uh, we make different kind of events or seminars mm -hmm. um, to target groups. And we had a little <clears throat> researches, which was mostly Indra involved, some evaluation work and, and some uh, private uh, research. So what we did so far, or what we are still uh, continue doing, we um, collaborate with other organizations, and uh, most of them are in uh, public or um, uh, non-governmental sector, uh, and uh, we bring anthropological insights and do some small research projects for them. Tell me a little bit more about uh, how that you know differs or is alike um, versus the anthropology that you learned in, in, in university. Um, are there any things around applying the anthropology that you've learned where you find um, interesting or different or challenging? I mean, I could add just for myself, mainly the organizing the work, I, I found a kind of a card that you need to get very different skills, like management, project management, or communication, or strategic planning. Uh, Ugna mentioned all those kind of competencies that you have to have extra from, you know, coming from academical environment. So this uh, flexibility that you have to, to obtain and to work with, uh, because uh, usually you work in these interdisciplinary projects and you would encounter people from... Um, uh, let's say, public sector or cultural organization, so they, they would have a different stance in the project and different expectations. So, um, usually you end up being this, uh, like, a mediator between different counterparties in the project. And also, um, what I've noticed, uh, it requires uh, to get more uh, knowledge about how you communicate your results because uh, uh, doing a, a qualitative research requires a lot of time and, and, and we know how to do that and again with, with the research you have to be again a bit more flexible because every question has different requirements 
but at the same time, to communicate results could could be quite uh, complicated, and uh, we have to have to step back from the academical kind of um, presentation and uh, delivering the answers to a more uh, more down to earth, more simplified way of telling uh, telling people about the findings that you have. And during the research, mm-hmm. it gets trickier when you have a client uh, involved, and, and the client has some kind of expectations from the project. So usually, uh, he or she has some uh, interests, you know, to to have gains or uh, or to succeed in the project. And and your research findings could actually show completely different things that that actually. Uh, the client has to change the path, you know, uh, and uh, should, should look for other opportunities, for example, or for different opportunities. So that could be frustrating for, for this person, you know, when you are delivering results or when you when you actually engage during the research process. So that that was the tricky part. How do you manage that uh, positionality? Um, do you maybe upfront from the beginning um, go deeper into those expectations to uncover them, or do you work with them? Or yeah, I'm, I'm very curious in, in what, what's your strategy with, with this challenge around positionality. Yes, like like you said, of course you would go uh, into conversation with the client and to discuss their uh, expectations, but at the same time you'd you'd ask to uh, and suggest to put his or her own expertise aside. So sometimes this expertise could do harm for the research project. So you would have various conversations about that. But um, I mean, it, it, it is quite tricky. You would continue to elaborate on that and show uh, continuously the, your findings and uh, discuss the results uh, continuously. So the, the, the client would get into the understanding that Actually, it's completely different, you know, picture that you are showing. So he or she has to go through the process with you uh, from from starting point till the end. I have maybe a, a follow up question to that. Since you mentioned that anthropologists who work in applied space or who try to do something outside of academia is a relatively new. Uh, in Lithuania, how, from your experience, how is an anthropologist perceived when you approach a business or a, a public institution? Uh, what do you think are the expectations from their side? Well, as we said, we, we haven't approached too many of different um, businesses, for example, or, or people, individuals uh, in public sector. So that would be hard to, to comment or... Um, yeah, try to answer this question, but what we try to do is first to to show what is the benefits of qualitative research and actually if people really need it. So we we present uh, kind of this anthropological research as qualitative research in opposition to quantitative research and how it would help in their case. And then, of course, we would try to go a bit deeper to try to, to explain what is this anthropological qualitative approach in a way of like uh, ethnography and so on and like you know what people do and what people say and how it might help um, to them than simply just uh, you know going and interviewing the people or just uh, asking simple questions so so how this anthropological research is a little bit more maybe 
maybe better for their case. So that would be the strategy we would go with. But uh, but how people actually perceive this anthropology is, um, yeah, well, I think that it was quite surprising that while working in CONUS, for example, there are few anthropologists working in public sector or non-governmental organizations, which uh, was a surprise for us that actually people quite knew <laughs> what we talk about. <laughs> Um, and, and invited us to some of the seminars. So that was nice. And I think in, in this maybe non-governmental and sometimes public sector, it's not such a big question, though maybe a question of applied anthropology more. So overall, people were quite positive about your expertise and uh, involvement. Yeah, those that know what it is, yes, it's definitely they they uh, they're very positive about that and um, and and interested in this. I, I know you are currently involved in a bigger project uh, that you collaborate with Estonian and Latvian uh, anthropologists, which was called uh, Social Science for Social Action, I believe. Would you like to yeah. tell us a bit more about that? What what is it going to be about? We applied for this project last year, and this is starting uh, in November this year. It's not a huge project, it's more a pilot project for collaboration in Baltics. Um, as already in, um, in Baltics, there is quite a big collaboration on anthropology. For example, there is a BACS platform. What is it uh, named? Anthropology Graduate School. Yeah. So, so that um, they try to bring together PhDs and, and we have um, summer schools and these kind of events in different countries. Uh, especially as you can imagine, the field is very small in these small countries, so you can actually name people on your, you know, hand fingers. But we wanted to also start something in applied anthropology, as we know other organizations working there uh, in applied anthropology field, and um, and it became much broader project of social science, as um, we thought that maybe it's not only like that it shouldn't be only about maybe anthropology or not only about applied research, but as, as I said, we try to understand in a very broad way that it could be, uh, that applied social science could be uh, from advocacy work to applied research or, or journalism or very different kind of uh, fields, let's say, where you would actually uh, use your anthropological uh, knowledge. And we wanted to create a platform for that. Uh, so, so, this is now starting where we start to collaborate with these um, other organizations in Latvia. It's Jaunradis um, Laboratoria and uh, and two uh, student organizations in um, Estonia, Tartu and Tallinn uh, uh, Anthropology Associations, which are also men mentored by this Applied Anthropology Center uh, in Estonia, RAC. Um, and then the, the second phase would be uh, that we all do uh, applied anthropology or applied social science uh, workshops in each of the country and see how it goes and try to look for further uh, collaboration possibilities in this field. Are there any other projects that you have uh, in your agenda for the, for the mm -hmm. future? Well, I think as we said, we are now one of the biggest our aims is to introduce more and more to to public sector because uh, like well we more see ourselves working for public sector and and then uh, of course some smaller private sector uh, researchers would be very nice but of course there's a, there comes a lot of ethical problems and issues 
which uh, we are trying a little bit to prepare and um, try to think about our ethics code and everything in our own organization. Uh, we do these anthropology day um, events. Last year was about urban experience. This year probably it's going to be something with uh, this social action topic. So that's where we try to introduce more. And then there are different kind of seminars or events like TED Konas. Um, we try to per participate and uh, popularize applied research, applied anthropological research. But then, of course, there are social projects that um, well, we now try to uh, get fund some fundings for different kind of projects and workshops, especially. So we work in this, you could say, science communication or or, or just like uh, educational field. So uh, this summer we arranged three-day workshop for, for youth and kids in Konos about climate change and food systems. So it was very funny uh, and educating and a lot of anthropology there. So um, yeah, kids had to go to all the marketplaces and, you know, research everything. And that was entertaining at the same time, I think, very important issue to discuss uh, with the young people. Oh, that, this all sounds really cool. And, you know, uh, I have a question. You seem to be doing a lot of interesting things. Um, I wonder, you know, like this kind of putting together events, organizing workshops, um, where do you learn this type of skills? Was it something that was part of your um, anthropological education at the university? Was it something that you developed on the side? Or how, how did that come about? That's a very good question. Thanks for asking that. Uh, yeah, because this is uh, yeah, this is it also tricky for us. This is competencies that we are aiming to gain through the process. I think uh, you live and learn, and uh, this comes, I guess, with the practice. And um, we didn't have at the university a course of uh, uh, public speaking or um, yeah. The, delivering workshops or gaining presentational skills so this is actually we learn throughout the project yeah. by doing yeah uh, in, in in our case it was um, as we met when we were master students so uh, at least in our field in anthropology a lot of people came after a big break from their bachelor studies so people that had experience already for example for many years working in um, in different fields so I think in our case it really helped like uh, our uh, members of our uh, team Anthropos already uh, been involved in different kind of project works and project writings or, or workshops uh, and so on so I think it was also that we were helped a lot to uh, learn this but at the same time the project of North Plus uh, does uh, social science for social action aims to a little bit, well, make it easier for next generations yeah. to, to learn these things like that uh, there should be workshops or something happening all the time where you could learn, at least get to know what is your possibilities to apply anthropology in, uh, like apart from academia somewhere else and how. Yeah. So that was yeah. the, the main idea behind it. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess we were lucky that, you know, uh, the team that actually getting together, you know, comes like Ugnia said from different subfields, so you have one more interested in teaching with some communicational skills, the other one more in organiza more interested in doing organizational uh, tasks, the other one again in um, 
in writing projects and project leading. So we learn a lot from each other mm -hmm. at the same time, which is very yeah. good experience. Maybe this is already the answer to my next question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, <laughs> how do you handle, um, you know, the requirements of kind of juggling all these little things, but all these different things, with also maybe the requirement of, of, of doing research in an anthropological way, which is can be also quite unforgiving, you know? Like, I'm, I'm not sure the type of applied methods that you use or how you would define fieldwork, but... From my experience, when you're in, when I'm in fieldwork, it's very, very hard to do anything else. So, um, how that, how does that work for you? Did you, did you manage to, to kind of balance that out, and, and, and if so, how? In my experience, you know, uh, I'm working with this uh, Magic Carpets platform, which is a cultural platform, and I'm doing uh, an evaluation and monitoring. So I spent like two or three months a year doing the actual field work. It's kind of easy because you know exactly a period you have to get involved in this project and you dedicate a certain time of, uh, of the year for, for this mm -hmm. project. So you would step aside maybe sometimes from other organizational things. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but like you said, it's, it is quite difficult to juggle around because uh, when you're doing a research, you would have to get really deeply into the, into the research itself. At the same time, I find it quite useful just to step aside and, for example, for the Magic Carpets project that I'm doing research, I, I step aside like for a month or so. I gather all the, I gather all the material, like interviews. I, I do some, uh, participant observations in, in the, in the actual events of, uh, residencies of the artists and I, put aside my notes for two weeks or a month and then I I look through, you know, well, when I do the reporting, I look through with the fresh eyes and, you know, it's kind of sometimes kind of good to step back and do something else and to go back to the actual research that you did. You know, if you have time, of course, for that, but uh, some projects could, you know, you would have a, uh, to deliver at certain points and uh, mm -hmm. you can't do anything else. So it really depends on the project. Would you mind telling a bit more about the Magic Carpet? We are partnering with this, uh, with the Konas Biennale, uh, which has uh, this Magic Carpet uh, platform under their name. And uh, they have um, 13 emerging um, curators involved in 13 different countries and every year they would have one or two residencies in every single country so they would invite an emerging artist uh, to work with the local communities local artists sometimes it would involve uh, let's say refugee communities or socially disadvantaged people communities let's say And uh, artists would work with them for a month or maybe a bit longer, and they would uh, co-create some kind of art piece, uh, um, an installation or performance. So it depends on every residency what kind of outcome it will be. But uh, so what I am doing, I'm doing the monitoring of the of the whole platform as an external researcher, and my research involves. Um, doing semi-structural interviews at three different stages 
of the residency. So I speak with the different artists at their arrival and then uh, during the residency, uh, during the final exhibition or event, final event, and then I follow up after a certain time, you know, what, what kind of impact it had for, the, for their career or their attitude or their approaches. Uh, and uh, so it also involves going to the, the residencies to, together with the artists and to see how they work with the communities to to observe their work and how do they engage. This is the main idea. Yeah. Uh, nice. And also, just kind of moving into uh, another territory, what, what keeps you sharp on this path of experimentation with applied anthropology? Where, where do you find your spaces of learning and also community of, of other practitioners doing the same? Uh, I think my inspiration is actually people uh, <laughs> in general that, you know, are getting involved, for example, in, in, in the project that I work on. And, you know, there are different attitudes and, um, and the ways of seeing life uh, is, is my inspiration, actually, because we live in so many, uh, so many actions and decisions are being made on, on presumptions things that we knew before so uh, what makes me sharp and what I like about the anthropology that it allows um, to listen to these muted voices which mm-hmm. uh, these silent ones which actually yeah, it could yeah. be an inspiration as well because um, I find that this expertise you know and knowledge that we gain through our lives is usually could be a positive thing, but at the same time it could be blinding because we could not hear, you know, these the other ones, the other attitudes. So I would I would have something to add. I guess for me it was um, very inspiring. This um, this our colleagues in Estonia research, just the idea that applied anthropological uh, research or ethnographic research is a shift to of different relationship between system and citizens mm-hmm. uh, in a way that that you know the the system becomes more human centric in a way that you uh, you need to hear more of these voices that might be silent or not heard I, I like the position of anthropologist who is just this person who should be trusted uh, both sides should trust him <laughs> in a way the example was uh, uh, about um, our colleagues research in Estonia I think that the research was the tax office uh, kind of asked to do the research uh, there was a problem with the people hiding taxes especially the uh, the builders um, and the, the question was you know why how and what can tax office do actually so I, I think that this is really something beautiful in the way that, you know, uh, it's not just simply uh, looking for those people that don't pay taxes uh, and let's, puni- let's punish mm-hmm. them, but it's more this that, okay, let's try to understand uh, why this is so and, and, you know, go deeper into the everyday life and try to understand uh, where the actual problem comes from. Yeah. So, so I think that for me, it's like this uh, kind of, um, I try to conceptualize, for, in this case, this mm-hmm. is the qualitative research, which which I think is a lot saying a lot about, in a way, we, we mm-hmm. see our system and uh, citizen and system relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, applied anthropology advocates for this shift, in a yeah. way. Yeah. 
Any any questions of of, of still areas of uh, growth in your own space of applied anthropology that you would have maybe for our listeners? You know, we we have a community here of people that are either anthropologists or other branch of social science that are doing applied work or, or studying this space of applied. Um, so I wonder if you have any questions from your end in, in, in building your capabilities here that maybe one of them could um, that's listening now could could come back to you and answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that's a great opportunity. Um, always the questions of ethics when you when you apply anthropologist is a huge question. Mm-hmm. So I would say how people do deal and what kind of stories they had about this because I think that once you were like if you're doing social project, you're already making the step and you're already having a position because you mm-hmm. you want to change something. So you're not happy with the situation now. And I think that's the uh, in, interesting point about applied research, whether it should be very, in a way, also neutral. And uh, But some in some cases, I think it's already a position if you mm-hmm. decide to do something about mm-hmm. something. So, so, yeah, I guess that, that would be my kind of question. How to deal with the ethics and and uh, position of applied anthropology? Like, I have a similar question also to wrap up our today's session. I would uh, like to know what is the what's your vision for anthropos in the future? Are there certain themes or subjects that you would like to dig into deeper? Well, I think yes, the uh, social projects and public sector. That's what we want to do more to be involved with public sector. That would be our our plan, all of us really agreeing in our team that, uh, well, definitely ecology and the kind of climate problems are important, and it's very interesting how you can apply anthropology solving these problems, uh, trying to understand different people, uh, or adapting, actually, even. So I think that this this is a very interesting field for us. For, for now, we've just been making workshops about it with with kids <laughs> mainly so but that would be you know, more interesting to expand it in a research level i would like to say that different interactions with people different circumstances and variety of projects help us um, uh, at the same time to dispel our illusions and formulate our main goal identify target groups uh, the actual topics that we are interested in uh, you learn these kind of things um, uh, because you are interested, uh, first of all, in the topic, and when you are interested in a social question, it it uh, at least involves trying to change them, uh, to change the, the the question, to change the circumstances. It it's uh, in this context that you learn by functioning in some kind of a community of commitment or concern. And uh, it is also important to note that it, is, it doesn't matter that sometimes we have difficulties while gathering the audience and we have smaller turnout uh, than expected, but with persistency and right time, circumstances, settings, you might initiate uh, or to be part of a social change or a larger scale. And that is very important to keep in our mind and spirit and be patient. If we speak about changes in the society, they do not happen without any basis. Things have to have been happening for a long time, but when they crystallize at the right time and often become very significant. Great. Yeah. 
Well, that was very, a very interesting chat with you two about a very new context for us, uh, anthropology yeah. in Lithuania. So thank you very much for sharing all those stories and experiences and uh, angles of thinking. For our listeners, we're going to put all the links to um, these projects that we can find in the show notes and also maybe the contact details of the organization in case anybody is interested to know more or um, has some interesting answers to the big questions of uh, ethics and positionality in flat anthropology. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, thank you so much also from my side. Thank you. Thank you for listening, everyone. Follow us on our social media channels and look at the show notes for links to our speaker's work. Join us next time for more interesting conversations.